Delaney. And it's Katie, this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Guten right. Tag. All right, y'all. Hey. Um, it's Sphinx Week, so that's what we're talking about this week. We have a little bit of a different episode um, this week. We're going to be interviewing Brittany Burgess, um, and that's it. That's all. So, no intermission this week, no news, no black excellence. I mean, black excellence, because Brittany, period. But, um, yeah, that's what we're doing. Don't forget, we will also be at Sphinx if you're there. Come to the expo hall, come to our table. We're going to have exclusive Classic Black merch. You cannot buy it. You must take it for free. And I feel like that's the best deal ever. Right. Like, just come to our, our table. It's going to be fun. But... Yeah, enjoy our conversation with Brittany. All right, y'all. So we have a special guest this week. We're talking to Brittany Burgess. Hey, Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all know, I feel like people be asking us to have guests and we'd be like, honestly, it's just a scheduling thing more than anything, but we're happy to be able to have a guest um this week so we're gonna just tell y'all a little bit about her little brief intro you know she an opera singer we was just talking about how y'all bios be like oh. yeah they be a million pages long they'd be like so in second grade she played <laughs> oh and, and then she, she played sunflower was... number two in the <laughs> and in the summer between second and third grade they had asked me to do a jingle at the local grocery store. Right. <laughs> it would be so elaborate. <laughs> but um but when you know when I asked Brittany, she was like, girl, just say whatever. So <laughs> um, but just to give y'all a little bit of an idea um of who she is, first of all, we've talked about how we're gonna be at Sphinx next week, and Brittany has a session um on the first day on Thursday. So if you're going you know stay tuned we're going to talk uh about that session but um she's a soprano from queens new york she had her undergrad at nazareth um in music education and vocal performance and went to grad school at eastman so you know it's not our first time chopping it up (laughs) you're right meliora period um forever from the eastman and sally may right (laughs) oh sally um, and now you're at Juilliard, right? Program coordinator in their DEI office. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into it. But <laughs> um, yeah, so we're just gonna, you know, chop it up, talk about um our session, which is young black ready to graduate. Um, and we're gonna talk a little bit about black life in school, post grad, all that, because you know, we got what it's six degrees up in here? Seven? How many you got now, Kate? Now, now, now like it's four. crazy. I think I have four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Four. So four, five, six, seven, eight, eight degrees in here. Come so it's, it's a whole yeah. lot of young black and ready to graduate in here. About the same. Very <laughs> black woman coded. Right. <laughs> my, my could give me another degree. What? Right. Katie was just on my phone about something completely unrelated, getting a degree in it. Because. I have to make sure that I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I was like, if this next you. thing I got planned out, you know, doesn't, you know, if it's if it's not what God wants for me, I got to find something else. And you're not, but look, I ain't going to be, and I love me a little program. It. But honestly, I can't, I feel like if I had to look at another syllabus, I'll have to gouge my eyes out. Yeah. So, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, I don't even know. Blackboard? Hello? No. I don't even have Word on my personal computer. Same. I don't have to do my papers, my dissertation in the notes app. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. So, one of the things you can talk about, like, for your spring session was the fact that, like, you're going to do the gamut of being a Black student. And one thing that I feel like no matter gender, no matter what, every Black student comes across is hair. And I wanted to know, like, are there any, like, hilarious or, like, quintessential unique experiences you had with hair as a Black student? I know you went to National University, which is also in Rochester. Shout out to the 585. Listen, I love Rochester. <laughs> um and you guys went to Eastman. So you were in the same city for a while. So probably had your go-to lady or whatever. But like, tell me about anything that might've went wrong or went left, whether you were doing it, whether, you know, Kiki with the bundles was doing it. Like, let me, let me know what's going on. Oh my gosh. So I'm from New York city, right? So hair is very accessible. You can go literally anywhere to get your hair done and it's going to be done well. And it's going to be pretty cheap. And I remember the first time I was in Rochester, I went as a, I went a little bus down Louise. And this woman was at this time, this is like 20, 2014, charging two, 260 for just like a closure. And it was a bob. A bob. For the hair to get it installed. To get it installed. I brought the hair. Oh. Hair wasn't included? No, girl. Hair was not included. See, this why I don't be having. I can't. Okay, what happened? So you did it? Oh uh, yeah, I did. I made my parents. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I need y'all to help me. It's from my little sophomore recital. I'm like, oh Aww. come on. But like Girl. a good memory. If you guys, uh, you guys both know Trayvon Walker. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember for his recital, he's like, Bernie, can you do my hair? First of all, he trusted me to give him a shape up, which I've never done. I was like, oh my God, do you really trust me? Like, That's here we crazy. go. And then, you know, like the little coils, like a little, little curling moment. So that was like our little, you know, BSU mm. bonding moment with hair. But it was like, we were always trying to find somebody. And during COVID, I was just like, enough is enough. I got to learn how to do my own hair. I got to learn how to, because I got to help my people out. Okay, um, so there was a breaking point because honestly, yeah. COVID was the breaking point. So, okay, so... For me, I feel the breaking point should have been that lady asking you and playing in your face. <laughs> but you know, two hundred dollars is crazy. Hair is not included. Like, listen, me and Delaney go back and forth about this. You know, it happens already. But girl, you couldn't do you a little some little straight bags and like a little. Me quick and Katie, weave. we're very pro yeah. opposites on hair. On because Katie can do a bunch of stuff. I'm type. I can't do my own hair really. I can. I, I have a very I'm like, I'm not, I mean, I'm pretty bad. There's a lot of stuff I don't know about here, but I mean, I can braid, I can do stuff like, but mm -hmm. I can't braid like this. I can't give myself individuals or anything like that, but. Most of it's time too. It's like, I don't really have the time to be doing this. I just need someone to do it for me. But now like COVID was like my, like, okay, I have nothing else that I'm doing. <laughs> I, I took a year off of school. I'm gonna learn something during this time. So I learned how to do my own hair. I just feel like, and listen, this is a safe space, <laughs> but I just feel like you should have, you should be able to do, you'll agree with this, Lenny. I feel like you should be able to have you 
a couple of stuff that you can just whip out. Like, I just can you do a slick bag and attach a ponytail? Can you yeah. do a booty length braid? One braid, ponytail, slick it back, got to be gel, you know, blow dry it if you need to, do right. connect a line, braid. So if you got to go somewhere, you can go somewhere. You should be able to do something with a half wig. You know, get you get a you little. a wig and then leave some hair <laughs> out of the front. I just feel like you are black in classical music. What you finna do, stinker But You have to, you know what I'm saying? I went to school in normal Illinois. I went to school undergrad in the middle of nowhere. You should be able to just throw you on something. You know what I'm saying? I'll oh. leave you alone, Delaney. Please. I'll leave you alone with All the right, Katie. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I know, okay. So we one of those I can do. Exactly. But, so but I can't to do hell no is crazy. No, because I broke off. You know, Katie knows I broke off a lot of my hair in the middle doing too many of them drawstring ponytails. So, but now, you're in the same spot. They gotta go low. You should you do a little bun, <laughs> little sock bun. They gotta be all over the place. Okay, so now now I got a ponytail go right here. <laughs> I'm just saying. Katie told me. Katie told I'm me I'm like, style. Listen, confidence. All I'm saying is. Also, I'm weird. I don't like people touching my hair. So, mm. and I don't like people playing in my face. So. Yeah. In my face, for sure. But you know what? You figured it out. What's your go-to? <laughs> it's okay. That's that's a trigger. I love oh, okay. a twist out. Oh. A twist out. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Katie would have a heart attack. She knew how much I paid for my last one. Oh, girl. my internet is unstable. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. It's my internet, I think. Um, Is it good now? It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, because I was saying, Katie, Katie have a heart attack. She knew how much I paid for my last week, so. Uh-oh, how much did you pay? I, the hair alone was like, it was either, no, the hair I think was like 300 and then the install was like 350 But I'm not paying you to install it. That's how these, that's how they, that's crazy. What do you mean? So You're with paying the them to install it. With the install. Cause the hair, I understand. I used to do. I used to now a sewing. Mine be looking crazy. I'm not good at sewings. I haven't done one since undergrad. It's very difficult. It's that's the part for me. It's like, why are you charging three fifty to install? That's why I'm just like, you know. Yeah. Oh, you know. To be fair, this lady actually is one of the more like full service people. Cause she, no, nah, she really did take care of my hair. Too, oh, okay, 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 okay. Now you... you know how I felt about how the frontal came out. That's a whole, that's a whole other situation. But did you even try to? Yes, I did. Not okay. too okay. much. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> the only was like the lace lifting. I'm like, yes, thank you. Gotta. Okay, but it should not have been lifting that that early after because okay. I've gotten a frontal before. Okay. And right. it was never blended well. And like I don't know. I don't know. The problem is I don't have the vocabulary to articulate what I got last time. So I don't know what the difference is. It's okay. You know, it's fine. As the people around me, it's not, but that's okay. All right. 
I mean, we all know, I mean, them black grandma comments on your hair, so. Right. Not too much. <laughs> I'll be ignoring my grandma because, girl, what you talking about? Worry about you and your hair and what you got going on and don't worry about me and what I got going on. Right. And I'd just be so shy of telling her. Not too disrespectful, but like, Gloria, please. <laughs> Don't really be saying too much to me. I'm. Did she say anything about my appearance the last time she saw me? Wow! Come on, growth. <laughs> no, it wasn't growth. <laughs> Could it be? <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh. Crazy. Um. Okay, but that was. I mean, that was a cute little moment. You and Trayvon. <laughs> I mean, shout out to Trayvon first of all. But um, the lineup on your recite. I mean, I feel like maybe you know what I think. Maybe he didn't have one of them pieces all to get all the way together and was like, okay, if something go wrong, at least they'd be looking at the lineup and not listening <laughs> to what I got going I mean, on. That's that- my friend, obviously, because I wouldn't even trust me. I was just like, are you sure? Does this look good? Does this look good? Because I'd have to tell him no. You're not going to be blaming me. <laughs> right. Because when yo, when yo, uh, when your lineup looked like a border, you know, and you sound like you telling everybody Katie Dunn did it. <laughs> right. Y'all got your thing looking like the top of Texas. Oh my. <laughs> you know how you know how Florida got the keys. All of, what is these three random dots of hair? <laughs> Them little islands off the coast. <laughs> yeah, you gonna leave me alone. You got to ask somebody else. We in Rochester. <laughs> Rochester's was like the blackest city per capita or something, at least top ten. You better find. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know why he did. Like he was just. I I feel like it was something like it was a last minute. Okay, I'm gonna do it, but I don't. Or because I think he was afraid the barbers were gonna cut too much off his his hair, and so he he was like, well, you know, you probably won't do that, so I'm gonna trust you with it. Like, okay. We have to sign an agreement. Like, you are not allowed to be mad at me. <laughs> I'll find a picture and I'll send it to y'all. <laughs> um, okay, but I mean, like, yeah, like Katie said, I mean, hair is one of the not not just when you're in school, I mean, in general, in the black experience, one of the things mm-hmm. that we rally around in terms of like community and stuff like that, but I mean, getting more into community at school, obviously, we all went to Eastman. There's probably going to be, you know, some conversation around around that, our mutual experiences there. But mm-hmm. can you talk to us about your experience in terms of your Black community when you were at Nazareth? And also, how did that differ or not from when you came to Eastman? Yeah, so it was completely different. Um, so... Um, they're both PWIs, right, and very small schools. Um, but with Nazareth, I was a part of um, the HEOP Excel Young Scholars Program. So HEOP, the Higher Education Opportunity Program, which is like, um, you know, basically predominantly Black, African-American, um, Latinx, diverse cultures who um to uh, to the government standards can't afford college right um based off of family size economics all of those things the excel program (laughs) was basically like um your parents cannot afford for you to afford to pay college um but you don't meet the government's um like byline of what that looks like 
but we want you here and we want you to excel at this school. And then the Young Scholars Program was like partner schools throughout New York that the institution had with. So we all came in the summer and we're all either black from Latinx backgrounds, um, just different cultures completely across the board. So I already came in with an experience that I was in with diverse backgrounds at a PWI, mm-hmm. right? And I had in that office, our director was black, was a black man with tattoos all over him. He was goofy and he was the best. My um, my counselor, the person who saw me throughout my time there, um, she was a black woman who took us to church on Sundays. So like, it was a very catered like experience that I like felt very welcomed at my undergrad. And, and I came to Eastman. <laughs> Um, and thankfully to you two for starting the BSU, I felt that sense of community there. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's completely different. Like there was no that, um, but you know, I had some really great people that I met before that, like Vina. um, Mm -hmm. I love Vina. um, and she was very welcoming. I had met Trayvon before I even started, but I was the only black vocalist um in my masters within those two years that or three years that I was there wait Um, what yeah (laughs) that gotta be a mistake you sure for a masters yeah for a masters I I was the only one in my year and then Hmm. during COVID no one came in and then my last year I don't think anyone else came in so Yeah, <laughs> you know what? To be fair, the black people at Eastman be playing viola, so that yeah. that is, you know what, that makes more sense. That's what it but is. But you know, I always assumed it. Well, it's I do think it's more in undergrad, like for the vocalists. Mm. I do think that because especially with the William Warfield um, scholarship and stuff like that. Um, but it was it, I, safe to say it was a very different experience, and some things that I had noticed about the school. Like, I just didn't feel like there was a lot of advocacy for especially the undergrad students. Um, and they didn't really know, like, things that were not okay that were happening. Mm. So, like what? or like around what? Like, <laughs> not Katie's well, doing expose. Well, for T wise, but also like, <laughs> because I wasn't an undergrad at Eastman either, but mm-hmm. I think because like my experience was so drastically different from my undergrad in which I was like the only black person mm-hmm. to go into Eastman like I felt like I, I had a blast at Eastman that was my problem I had too much fun because I was we was outside like I also like clutch SG Row while I was in Rochester like I had a very black my teacher was black had black music education like professor like I had a blackity black time I in my eyes the whole school was black I just so like in what way there was like 25 <laughs> of us I'm like I go to well, HBCU yeah like I just I because I just kind of without being too rude I kind of just blocked everything else out like <laughs> like my experience was catered around my black experience you know and luckily like yeah. that involved a black viola teacher like so I just kind of everything else was just background right background. no I think <laughs> I think it was definitely different so like I was a part of my BSU in my undergrad um but I wasn't as involved because I just had the craziest schedule like I'm sure you all had yeah. when you were an undergrad 
Um, but my my roommates, my best friends, were literally president, vice president, and secretary. So regardless, I was getting dragged to everything that had to do with BSU. And I loved it, even though I couldn't be involved as, as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So when I came to Eastman, there was just, like, I was just surprised that there's no, like, office that were, or space where they had, like, a Black counselor or just, like, anyone who can, like, talk to them about the experiences that they're oh, going through as a Black person. And um, and it definitely showed itself more, right, when we went into 2020 and George Floyd and, unfortunately, the incidents like Jashanti and stuff like that that it it just really was going left. And some of the responses that I felt like um, the institution had to some of these things, they just weren't given to me. And one thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna fight for my people when things are going left. And um, honestly, if it wasn't for the BSU, like I, I don't even think I would have, you know, really made it through Eastman. Oh, shoot. Now, let me say this. My academics at Eastman, incredible. I had the most wonderful voice teacher, and I am so thankful for my experiences there. I would not be the artist I am today without Eastman. Mm -hmm. But there was just some things that I um, just think could have been in place that I think are now in place to advocate not for just the black students, but any students that see themselves as different in any way, shape or form. Yeah, a lot has changed. I feel like you came in the Eastman with, I just showed Katie that meme where it's goofy and he walks in, he's like, damn, bitch, you live like this? <laughs> you know what you're talking about? <laughs> she came from Nazareth all, all in community. And then Katie Eastman was like, but like that that um scene from Real Housewives with Nini and and Kenya, he's like, "Girl, let's come get you a home." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and, now, baby. <laughs> even worse, because I had been when I started at Eastman, I was working at MCC as a graduate. Um, Wait, which one? The one down there for- on on state. The one in Brighton. Oh. Oh, okay, I was like, oh, like girl. the big, big campus. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was Space working Street. down there. <laughs> no, I was working over there as a graduate um, director for a graduate assistant for housing. And then during my second year at Eastman, I was working at RIT in admissions. Mm-hmm. And RIT has a 30 plus DEI staff. Dang. So. I'm like, well, where's Eastman with like their one per like we That's gotta go all the crazy. way to U of R. But you know what? I feel now. like <laughs> I don't want to speak for anyone's like experience, but I feel like I'm wondering like why that is. I think a lot of I think we're especially my generation and then a lot of older Gen Z, we're still we were parented by Gen X. So it's like you kind of black people just you just put up with it. You know, so mm-hmm. I think like even when you said like talking to someone about the black experience, your black experience, like 
I never looked to an institution to do that. I it's my friend that's complaining on the phone, like, oh girl, I can't you believe what this girl said to me. Like, girl, this girl touched my hair. Like <clears throat> those are peer conversations, you know. So right. I love that students are getting the opportunity to talk to somebody. I wonder like how much more and I mean I think like Eastman was different. Like I did have two teachers who were black. So I'm talking to them about this stuff and lessons in one on ones and office hours. But like that I didn't even think to say like oh there should be a person there that you can talk to about this that's mm-hmm. you know that's their job to talk to you about your experience not they they also do they also teach voice or they also teach violin it's like their job is to talk to you and help you mm-hmm. right <clears throat> yeah I don't know it was just kind of I was like you guys like and, and just the issues that like I would see like in the sense of oh like I need even like with financial aid things, um, I think sometimes it was hard for students to advocate where, from a place of what they were dealing with because some people didn't understand or really relate to their experience. And so when in the program that I was a part of in my undergrad, like I would have that conversation with said counselor or whomever, and they would walk with me to the financial aid office to have those discussions. Like, and and I think, you know, EOP and HEOP, those programs are designed to to like help students go from high school into the um the college experience because so often we have situations where um you get into a school, great, but like you don't have like the support for you to stay in school, mm-hmm. whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, socially, like uh just that support is not always there and then if you're a first gen and all of those things you know like that all comes into play too and um I think that's what I was really advocating for um because I'd love to be the person to do that but you know I was also a student you know trying to live my life but often I felt like I I spent a lot of my and I'm, I'm so thankful that I did that because if I didn't like it wouldn't have created the path that I'm on now and um, as someone who like like UKD has like music education at the forefront of everything, like students to me and education is at the forefront of everything you do. And so I'm always gonna support and uplift students to, to get the ex- best experience that they can. Girl, I feel like you went to school in a utopia because my undergrad would be like <laughs> be like, I need more money and they'd be like, and people in hell want ice water. Oh no. <laughs> Like, <laughs> so like when I got to Eastman and I was you know Miss Girl I'd be like oh Miss Girl I need a little bit of help they would actually help me so I just thought the little bit see I thought that little bit Eastman was doing I was like oh shoot because literally ISU they was not it didn't matter how much money you needed so what like you can apply for a scholarship maybe like but I need the money today Eastman you know depending on what your situation is they'll cut you a check right there and be like we'll figure it out you know yeah. so and I, I think mean, I had I forgot that I forgot that lady name, but she used to be like, oh okay, honey. <laughs> oh my god, no, I felt like you know, like my voice teacher loved her, Professor Long, like, yeah, like you know, the the whole opera department for me was incredible. Like I said, my education top tier. 
And then there were people like Zachary Peterson who were just incredible, like who always who who, who was looking out for the grad students mm-hmm. and um a bunch of other people, but there's just some things, you know, that needed to go further. And I'm glad that, you know, um Brianna, Brianna Garcon and I really kind of pushed that or Entrevon really pushed that at the forefront. But it wouldn't be without you two creating the BSU. <laughs> So let's just start there. Okay. (laughs) It started with y'all too. Um, And even like thinking about how it needs to, the, as a BSU, it had to be grad and undergrad because we're such a small number. Yeah. We can talk about that offline. And I mean, (laughs) but that's the thing about like being a student too, is like people don't realize like student, student clubs and stuff are like yeah they'd be all fun and games but when you have something where there's there's just not enough people also like it becomes kind of like work and then also when um when they have these like whether it's a panel or a group or like whatever like when they had that that commission for was it the eastman action commission for racial justice um Sorry, my microphone just like switched back and then back to me. So anyway, when they had that um, Eastman Action Commission for Racial Justice, like I remember seeing this was like like right in 2020 when everything was going down. I think it was on Twitter or something. And this girl, this is right when I was like considering saying yes to that. And this girl was, um, she had tweeted, she was telling her dad about something similar to that at her school. And he was like, do the white kids have to do that too? Or do they just get to be students? I was just like, that part because I definitely was up I was up at six o'clock in the morning for those meetings because I was I was here. I was at home. And I was just like, I mean, I'm glad that I was able to leave Eastman in a better place than I found it. But at the same time, it was just like, girl, what? Yeah, yeah. I was up at 7 a.m. meeting with architecture for that that uh, new space for on, designer? Um, the DEI office. I said, apparently, come on now. <laughs> Let me put that on my resume. I'm like, mm-hmm. right, that carpet right there. <laughs> see but then i'd be taking advantage because like i'm not in your business but how do they compensate you for that in any way girl so I, would... I created my own position this is the one thing like i was like okay i'm gonna hold it down for other people i created a graduate uh assistant position for the dei office so anyone mm. who is interested in doing like working with um, Dr. Battle or whomever is in that office, they have their own office space in there. And they're basically like working with her to like do whatever. And I think that's great because if other people want to be in that space or need a graduate position, like it's open. So technically I got paid to do that because mm. I create I created the position. Period. Where's it at? It is across from the IML mm. office. Yeah, like okay. in Miller Center? Like diagonal. Like next to that uh, where, where they used to do a lot of chamber rehearsals. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, it's in like office. ECMS? Like the fishbowl? Like on that side of the street? 
or is it in no i think she's talking about in miller center in miller center oh okay yeah that's what i yeah. thought okay mm-hmm. I, yeah i still haven't been i was like do i did i go to school there where is it where is the office I, girl i forgot what the <laughs> little name of the little atrium is called not the atrium the little let's see browse no when you first walk in yeah laurie's not laurie's that's the season of salt but okay <laughs> <laughs> Only thing Katie we remembered about that is that it smelled like a farm. In, oh my uh, god, in the springtime and they don't be bathing. It smells like a farm. March, <laughs> April. Wow. Wow. When everything defrosts. It's because everybody got their layers on. No, then they but- start they start peeling them back. But it's like not as cold. So they probably were sweating a little bit. Right. I'm telling you, that March, April air, it feel like <laughs> smog. I would never forget. <laughs> Uh, I will oh never forget. So one of the things that um is a really popular topic on the internet right now, um, and especially like as someone who's chronically online, it's a little ironic. But there's this huge thing about third spaces and their lack of third spaces, whether that was created by the pandemic, whether it was created by people not being able to afford things. It's like the change, whether there's so many reasons for it, whether how our cities are set up and how Europe is better, whatever people want to say, there's like a lack of third spaces. And one of the things that people really mean when they say they miss college, even though I had a blast at Eastman, one thing I can say is that everything was in walking distance. You live in a walkable city, even though Eastman's campus is a little weird, but still, mm-hmm. like you live in a walkable city you have access to your friends and all these things are in space and when you leave school one of the harder things about your mid-20s early 30s for some of us is that you have to figure out a way to create community and I was curious after you've had these two instances even though it sounds like Eastman's not really seeing it for Nazareth you know sound like you know not everybody had that okay (laughs) um you had these two instances of having really lush community experiences and then you're out in the real world particularly in buffalo girl we're gonna talk about that because okay how did you go about creating a community and fostering community post-graduation oh my gosh that's a really great question so after i left eastman or graduated from eastman i went to buffalo where i was the operations director for buffalo string work um which is an elsa stemma inspired program and the kids are great, and I miss them. But um, you do anything it was hard. while you were in. No, I didn't. I I couldn't. I mean, Doctor Hall asked me, and I was like, I'm sure he did. Past, I can't do it. <laughs> Doctor Hall, he not put that position anymore. But one thing about Armin, he what you could teach you could lately. What can you do? You gotta. What can you do? <laughs> it, 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 it don't even matter what you can do. It's what he gonna tell you to do. Because he he definitely had me in there with them four year olds with violins. Like, bro, what? <laughs> That man oh, will make you do God. anything. You teach a violin, you teach a ukulele, you teach a ballet. You better first position, right. girl. It's something. <laughs> he gonna make you do something. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I this time I did it, but I did have to cover for a couple of people. So you know, but um, Buffalo Stringworks was great, and but my first like three months, like out of uh grad school into like working. I just was home like at by myself, like did not do anything. I think the transition was pretty hard for me. Um, and there's like, and where I was living in Buffalo wasn't like much of a community-ish place, I guess. Um, but 
I started going to events that were centered around like leadership and women of color. Mm-hmm. And I actually met um, a friend there who I had seen on like some webinar at one point for a whole other foundation. And we both realized that we're in Buffalo and she had remembered my name from that. And was like, oh, I think we, we met on this. And so that was one way I started like connecting with people in Buffalo. I also decided to just kind of get like with my job, like it made sense to like, you know, like learn the community. So I started just showing up to events um, and being like, oh, or I would bring this one friend because she would know more about like what was happening. And honestly, I went on, what is it called? Bumble Friends, Bumble BFF. Mm. That was a little scary, but it was I heard, fun. I'm about to say, girl, my chest got a little tight. Yeah, it'd be no, weird over there. It, so some, yeah, I feel like this one girl was like, I hadn't been like replying to her, and she was like, you know, I was, I'm, it was crazy, and she got like all, anyway, I was like, so we don't need to be friends, <laughs> um, but um, I made like two friends off of that that I would just like go for drinks with or go to like different events, and they were like Buffalo natives. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, I built my own community, but I also. I have two friend groups, my friend group from undergrad and my friend group from Eastman. And I like to mix my friend groups because it makes it easier for me to all contact them. So I have two groups of three that I just pour together. And usually it doesn't work. I must but say, I still try. I was like, where's the punchline? <laughs> <laughs> Not it doesn't work. I try. No, it doesn't work. Um, they'll be like, they'll like tolerate it. But, you know, I'm also like older than most of the people I was friends with at Eastman. So, yeah. So I just kind of just, I, I like try to just make friends where I go. But over time, it's just gotten smaller and smaller how I make like community. Like it might be this one really great person. And even now, Juilliard, their staff is tight, right? Their staff is tight. You, I talk to every and anyone, and they are like their commu- a big community in itself. But because I'm part of Sync's, uh, uh, Sync's lead, that's also a way that I know more people here and there that I kind of build community with. Yeah, I was just I was just about to ask about Sync's lead. Like, how you're still active, right? Your cohort is not finished. Yeah, who's in your cohort? Is Jenny your cohort? Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> period. Shout out to Jen, man. Yeah, you Jim guys are both be at Sphinx, right? You said what? Mm-hmm. Y'all both will be at Sphinx. Yeah, we're gonna be down to the function. Don't you gotta meet my cohort. Tell you, Jen's my girl. We're I, the wild be I bet. No. <laughs> I love every one of those people with all my heart. They are the funnest, the craziest. Let me look I was just about to say, who offered to be there? Let me see. Is that is your old, but who is he so funny? Is I wonder if I'm gonna think about the right Hassan? Hassan is Hassan, Hassan in your cohort? He might be no, there. No, he's in the next no, one. I'm about to think. Uh, yeah, maybe. He is so funny. He'll be there though. No, yeah. he's a he's a yeah. key. Oh, now we all <laughs> we did a real <laughs> interview. <laughs> We're like, hold on. <laughs> but like especially you gotta travel a lot. Like, right, you gotta, it's like once a month or is it once a quarter? 
we travel about four times. Yeah, so yeah. We have Detroit. Then we're going to Miami this year. Uh, somewhere in New York, and then back to Michigan for something else. Okay, okay. It's been really great. I I love that program. I recommend it to anyone who's interested to apply. I almost apply, but honestly, Do it. I can't put anything else on my calendar. There's no space. <laughs> like it will, it will make me. I will have a visceral reaction. Um, but Okay, yeah, uh, I know a couple people. <clears throat> so you you down to the Juilliard? Are you still living in Queens? Are you commuting up from Queens? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, Right. it's all like it takes me like an hour. On the train. Yeah. I'll see. I don't know nothing about New York, so I've been there, but I don't know nothing about the layout. Mm -hmm. I have um <clears throat> I'm tired. <laughs> cousins. Yeah, I have cousins. I have family that live in um. What's that place called? New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey, but the city is Montclair, I think, around that area, Hackensack, whatever. And they were like, um, we don't go to parties in Queens because, first of all, you got mad tolls. And it's all, it's out. But, you know, shout out to Queens. Shout out
he he i tried told him i tried to watch funny marco's video with Nicki minaj's interview and funny marco's chaotic and then Nicki's chaotic and what's going on it's just a lot i tapped out but oh uh, yeah we come move one okay so thinking about you know you obviously had a a big part of like building these communities yourselves but thinking about the institutional role in like building communities for black students while they're in school what are some of the things that you wish had been different about your experience as a student studying classical music um, oh gosh so many things <laughs> um as an opera singer I'm gonna start off there I wish there was some knowledge, background, people who understood um, what they needed to do to make us as Black students feel comfortable when it came to hair when we were going to do an opera. Mm. I have always done my own hair, always bought my own whatever I was doing to my hair because I, one, did never felt comfortable. They never created that space for me at any institution that I went to. My Well, my undergrad, I don't even think I could really afford that. But <laughs> like, there was no discussion of like, oh, can you um, do this? You can do this yourself, right? Or like, that is always my biggest pet peeve, um, which it's exciting because at Juilliard, they have a hair and makeup person who is doing that for the students. And he is a um, black man, which is exciting mm -hmm. because I feel like those students are being seen. Um, but that's the biggest one, like hair in the context of opera and performing and all of those things. Um, well, the people who do hair for operas, are they faculty or are they, you know- They're like outside people that are contracted. You can't but bring some hair down? Cause it's just like the wig on top of it, right? You can't braid hair down to the back. It's like or how basic about like school, right? Like, or how about you buy the stuff that I need to do what I need to do for my hair? If you're asking me to do like a flick back, y'all, I need y'all to buy me the ponytail because yeah, that's ridiculous. <clears throat> so that's the one thing. Um, another thing is. Um, just having the conversation about financial aid and things that like the support that we might need. But the, my biggest thing is that my, a lot of the people that I went to school with, when they were studying, they didn't have to work another job in order to support themselves um, because their families were able to help them. I was working full time <laughs> at RIT while I was a full-time student at Eastman mm -hmm. because I had to pay for things. Of course, my family could help me here and there, but like my sister is also home and they also have to take care of her and she's getting ready for college. You know, it like that support or even like that conversation was never there. And even when I did try to do, they were like, really, that's it. That's all we got for you. I'm like, okay, that's great. Um, and then just other like mental health resources or just resources in general to get like us through, um, I think was very much lacking 
Um, and music school is hard. It's harder than hell. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. There's just a, I could give you a whole list, but those are like my top ones for sure. Mm-hmm. See, now you, so now you're doing the work um, at Juilliard and you helping those students. So that's, that's lit. I love that. Yeah, it's really great. I, I've been there for, I think today makes three months. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah no Juliet's great my boss is probably the most incredible human being ever and she just kind of like brings everyone in with open arms um and the students love her I I mean I think she's probably one like the most popular person at Juilliard and her office is just an open office like she wants everyone to feel um like they can take up space in there and all of those things. And um, I think, you know, her and I connected when I was at a uh, lead for Juilliard. And she, she just said to me, she's like, you should apply to the job. I have an opening. And I was like, Aww. okay, girl, what are you paying? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a really great fit. And um, because obviously I don't have expertise in EDIV. Um, but it's nice uh, to work with someone who, you know, went through the whole formal background and training of it um, mm-hmm. and has made it their life for it because I get to learn from her um, about, like, just bringing equitable practices um, in the arts for everyone to feel seen, heard, and valued and feel like they belong in this space. Mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about your session at Sphinx? Yeah, so um, I'm so excited to be doing this session with Torbs Button. I hope I said his last name right. Um, Alexis Prescott and Brianna Garcon. Um, Brianna and Alexis also went to Eastman, but um, essentially um, we just wanted to have different, uh, what's the word? Um, this panel that I picked, I wanted all of them to have different backgrounds. So Torrance comes from like an HBCU from undergrad and then a small a liberal arts college. Alexis went to Spelman and then she went to Eastman. I went to a small liberal arts college and then Eastman and then um, Brianna went to Eastman. <laughs> um, but um, it's basically just a space for us to be in community with, another, with one another and talk to each other about our experiences how we can how we can be a resource to one another because one of the biggest things that we're lacking is just knowing what's already out there who you can connect with i was talking to brianna and alexis and i told them how i never bought textbooks because i use iliad which is a, an incredible resource that people don't know are at their colleges where you can get if another college has that they will mail it to your school for the semester and you have that textbook for free I'm not paying for textbooks when I can get free stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, you know, talking about hair and like different videos or people that we, we watch or um, um, how we can attend things for free with their fellowships. Like those are the things that we're going to really be digging in, talking about, um, but more, more so just find just being in community and, understanding that we go through similar things and that you have other people all across that you can now connect with to know that um, they're a resource. Um, And one thing that I'm working on 
uh, with Brianna and Alexis is actually starting a nonprofit um, that would support uh, financially and uh, emotionally Black students that are musicians across the U.S. We are in the document and creation creation portion, but I think this session would allow us to see like how we move forward in doing so. Um, so Sphinx has been really great in just kind of creating that platform for me. Um, and I think they believe in it because, you know, it's part of their mission. <laughs> um, so I'm really, really excited about it. Um, and I think other people who are signed up for it are looking forward to it too. How did um how did it come about? Was it something that you pitched to them? Did they ask you to do it or it was a pitch. You know, it's actually funny how the idea even came about is from Lee Coon. I was in a meeting with him and with Brianna and he was like, wouldn't it be so great if like black students had like a network with one another? And we were like, huh. That could be cool. And then Brianna and I were like, all right, we'll just sit on that for a while, not, not do anything. And then more and more, it just kind of became apparent, like after we um, uh, helped create like the DEI office at Eastman and just had, I mean, like all we have is one another um, that we've really been connected to. But I wrote like a little proposal and I was like, yeah, this would be cool. And they were like, okay, let's do this. So they've been really cool about it. And um, yeah, I'm excited. And I'm a, I, I don't like to talk a lot, so it's going to be an interactive thing, um, <laughs> but in a way that it doesn't feel pressured for people to talk. Sure, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's incredible, like really incredible mm -hmm. work. And I think like for so long, even though I, I had a pretty good community in undergrad or a great community, I would say, but I still felt like incredibly alone in classical music. I didn't realize what that feeling was or whatever and it was when I finally like started talking to and building community with black musicians then it kind of just felt like I can go anywhere and go play do anything as long as I got my people there so um I'm really excited for this new generation to really be connected in that way yeah I'm excited too we're gonna make it happen here well um also wanted to say like anybody that's coming to Sphinx I see here it says you know you don't have to be in school it says high school seniors recent graduates as well are welcome so yeah gotta be there yeah Thursday. I'm not checking ID what's <laughs> <laughs> it Thursday at 1 30 so the Sphinx uh schedule shows because I think they have a virtual component. It shows like the time and then shows like my time. So I was like, let me make sure I get it right before I have people showing up to y'all at 10 30 in the morning. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Now they tag us <laughs> black. Y'all told us. I'm like, y'all should read. So now what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's it should be fun. And and there's gonna be snacks. So that's good. What kind of snacks um so i i sent them like fruit snacks some granola bars some some cookies some cookies like the little oreo packs and stuff i told i was like we should make sure we have snacks for them it doesn't matter if lunch was before we should have snacks exactly first of all y'all talking about college students people should be packing to-go bags right first <laughs> of all you should have catered secondly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there'll be snacks if you don't, don't come for the conversation, 
come for the snack. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us, uh, Brittany. And thank you for, you know, all the work you're doing for the Blacks. Um, I'm Black, so I can say that. Don't say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs> um and yeah good luck at your session and all the work you're doing yeah we'll see you thank soon you. see you, see you soon. guys there all right y'all thank you for listening to classically black podcast don't forget to follow us on social media at classically black podcast if you have a piece of the week suggestion a black excellent suggestion or an intermission suggestion send us to classically black podcast at gmail.com if you're black join isbm it's free is black musicians on social media, com. We have merch. That's classicallyblackpodcast.com slash shop. Um, join the Ebony Tower. That you need a subscription for. Um, that's patreon.com slash classicallyblackpodcast. Thank you for listening, and we will catch y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.